Welcome to the Gamers Pub, where buds get together and share some suds. Welcome to the Gamers Pub. We are buds drinking some suds, bringing you the gaming news that you need to know. I'm your host, Brendan Krussell, and this is... Cole Stevens. Thank you guys for checking us out. Now this week, we, uh, we have our second guest speaker today. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us you know, kind of what you've been playing and uh, your connection with us. Hey everyone, I'm Shane Haichu. Um, I've been a friend of Cole's for a long time, friend of Brandon's for a couple years now. Three. Three years now. Three, my lord. And, um, <laughs> three, three, my lord. And uh, I guess I've been playing... <laughs> Last thing I finished was uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. No, no, Arkham Knight. And... Um, kind of play Rocket League every now and then, Overwatch every now and then, just kind of... Kind of just stick it all in when you can? Yeah, whenever I can fit it in. Now, Shane, you, you kind of bring a new perspective on video game because you had a major, wonderful life change this year. I did. So, do you play, like, one-handed now? <laughs> <laughs> I've tried... Well, okay, the life change is a new baby. I have a son. Um, so I've tried to play Switch with the uh, controllers separated and kind of holding him cradling him i've tried playstation that way so it's become kind of where i have to if i want to play um it's usually when he's asleep or um you know otherwise occupied because if he's awake and active i like to hang out with him and um play around with him and everything so um so it's been sporadic when i get to play but um i'm trying to figure it all out i guess that's a fun. You know, Microsoft uh, sells adaptive controllers. Oh yeah. And, like there's <laughs> what? Uh, and there's the EMT going by. Um, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. They have that, like uh, a one-handed controller. It looks like a like Wii nunchuck. Or they also had like the one controller that was literally like a giant circle pad that was like I can't remember what it was called now, but. It was meant for like either like really young people or like people with like physical disabilities that could like map it to their specific needs and still be able to play it like a regular controller. Right. Maybe what we need to get you is Pokemon Let's Go, where you can like, where it's just like one controller <laughs> and then you catch it and you just flick your wrist. Yeah. That'll work. Help you adapt. Or if the baby's like laying on your wrist, you can just like flick your neck and be like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That could work. Well, cool. Hey, we have some things to talk about, uh, and Shane, we're glad you are here with us. Um, and on this episode, we are talking about Game of the Year. Cool. why are we talking about Game of the Year now? Because the Game Awards are, what, that's next week, isn't it? Next Thursday? Next Thursday, and it's also December. Yeah, so... Uh, There's multiple right answers, but the Game Awards is primary. I mean, you would think if we're talking about it now, it's because it's right around the corner. Right, and the year's almost over. Well, well yeah. Like, every, everything's almost over. Stop. I'm not supposed to feel this old. <laughs> you're another decade old. You know what? Like, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the nominees have come out within the past couple weeks, and everyone's kind of got to digest them. And the actual Game of the Year award, like that one award specifically, the, uh, the games that were announced for that are... 
pretty divisive. Some were a given amongst, like, the general populace, but there are some that, I mean, it kind of just happens every year that some people are kind of, like, angry, like, why isn't my game on here? But also, some games that do make it, like, raise little raise a few eyebrows sometimes in the community. and Right. Uh, I don't this know. This year's like, not, like, it's it's a weird year. It really is. Like, there are some that were, like, obvious to be on there, but some that even I would look at and be like, I I don't know if this needs to be in the in the list. Like, there were some other games that probably deserved at least a spot on the list better than these did. Uh, I, In 2019, like, looking back, it was kind of a dull year. Like, PlayStation didn't really come out with any big exclusives did they no they had uh no that was 2018 yeah that was 2018 when they had all their big ones god of war and spider-man were both 2018 yeah because they were at the game awards last year they won last year right so this is a weird year playstation's kind of been mia xbox hasn't really had any exclusives like a lot of these are third-party games this year I would say, well, Death Stranding was supposed to be a PS4 exclusive, but kind of backed out from that last minute. Like, they're on PC now. Oh, it's PC, okay. Yeah, I still don't think it's on Xbox. But uh, Super Smash Bros. being on the list is a first-party game, I guess, with Nintendo. Yep. All right, so for those of you, you who don't know, the Game of the Year nominees are Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. Now, personally, I would say the last four out of the six deserve to be on that list. Isn't it Resident Evil 2 though, just a remake? It's a it's, remastered? It's a remake. It's not a remaster. Like, the original, if I recall right, was still like the old Resident Evil's where it was a fixed camera every room you went into and it was still really pixelated like the the puzzles are the same but it's really ramped up to be comparative to the newer style of games than the old games like it was a remake and like built from the ground up in a new engine rather than just made pretty in a new graphics engine you know what I'm saying I, I think there was enough work done there to warrant this uh, a nomination for this. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't played Resident Evil 2 because I don't... You don't, you don't like scary games? No, I do. I loved Resident Evil Revelations, uh, which is what I got on my Switch just for funs and kicks. Honestly, that's what it plays a lot like. Like, that's, like I know the same Resident Evil game you're talking about, the Revelations 2, mm-hmm. and at least control-wise... When it comes to combat, it plays and looks very similar, but more, I guess, eye candy-esque, because it's uh, an RE engine, which is the same engine that uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard was built in. And I can't even remember what the Resident Evil Revelations 2 was built in, because that was a game from 2006, and this was a game that came out now in 2019. So uh, I'm sure there's a pretty drastic difference. Kind of like how Nintendo redid... Link's Awakening, yeah, a completely new art style. Mm-hmm. But so, I, I, to me, like that's what I'm comparing. Like, it's not like a brand new art style, though. No, well, like, it, like gameplay is relatively the same. Well, it's different from the game. Like, it's in more of the art style of say Resident Evil Seven or Revelations Two, like more of that newer age as opposed to the more 
pixelated or boxy or you know like it's it took the concept of the original game and took away its old tech limitations and brought in this new age of like better graphics and can render more things at once at a 60 frames per second and what have you I'm not sure if it ever got up to 4K though. So there's Resident Evil 2. Have either of you played Control? I haven't, but I've I've heard good things and I've seen good things. And it's it's something that kind of disappeared cuz I remember hearing about it when it came out and I didn't hear a lot about it after. But I remember being my intrigue was peaked when I when it came out. So I definitely want to try it. Like it's it's really the storyline, right? Like I've heard good things, but like the storyline about for control has been the draw. Yeah, less gameplay, more kind of story environment kind of uh, feel to it. Okay. We have heard very different things about this game. Like I kind of heard the opposite that the draw was more of the gameplay features or like little nicks and crannies to the game that were interesting as opposed to the story which I had heard was relatively uninteresting and a lot of the meat and juice of the game really came from its side content and optional stuff rather than the mainline story quests. Interesting. I don't know. I never uh, played it so I couldn't give a concrete opinion but that's just like at least the people that are outlets and uh, reviewers that I've subscribed to. They, uh, they lean more towards that as a general consensus. Gotcha. Uh, what about Death Stranding? Have either of you guys played that one? Uh, I have not played it, That's but it's been on my uh, have-to-play list since I saw the first trailer. Um, it looks like a really cool um, world that they've built, a really cool kind of story environment to be in, um, and I'm it'll be on my Christmas list, so hopefully Santa's listening. Um, so definitely a game I'm going to play and I think I'll enjoy it based on what I've heard and seen Um, I have heard that it's maybe not what a lot of people look for in a game which I kind of like it's a little different but um, it'll definitely be a game that I will be playing in the near future hopefully one of the comments I heard about was like someone saying that it's basically um, a futuristic uh, United States Postal Service game (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I've heard is you, the main gameplay of the game is you get a task to deliver whatever item to a random remote area in, you know, the game's version of the United States. And the gameplay itself is navigating the terrain while managing your your load of uh, deliveries while also trying to navigate around uh, NPCs that are trying to kill you and these supernatural invisible enemies that are trying to kill you so it's it's kind of a weird game that doesn't fit into um a box very easily gotcha i would have to agree that it's also on my have to play list but i'm also not super urgent to get it like i've i've kind of had the same opinion as you shane that as soon as i saw it it's like this this is an iconic looking game like it's it's Hideo Kojima's first real game after departing from Konami, and I, I really want to give it a shot. But due to the fact that it's been kind of in the background of everything for the past few years, and it's just come up to the forefront now when it's launched, it's kind of not necessarily that I've lost interest, 
but throughout this whole time there was barely any news about the game or like features of it so it was a very to the community when it came out it was a very like go in blind and all that kind of thing and I guess since I still never had anything to get me super hyped other than the fact that it was a Hideo Kojima game with Norman Reedus in it like that, that was enough for me to pay $60 up front as soon as it came out so I think I'm still willing to wait a little bit for it to go on sale but I will definitely play it at some point however those are the two games so far that I don't think needed to be on game of the year Mainly because I'd heard too much, like at least for the Game of the Year award, too much controversy around Control on kind of how like you guys had heard a lot of good things and I'd heard quite the mixed things. But even the more I kept kind of looking looking into it, at least out of this list, Control was the game that had the most like mixed or like the most negative surrounding it. And uh, Death Stranding had its own kind of just... Twitter drama kind of controversy around it, but it wasn't... I still don't think that was enough to discredit it from being in Game of the Year. This launch was a little rocky, too, it felt like. Just like reading about it, like, a lot of people were, like... I, I don't think... like it, it didn't meet expectations to fans. Well, that's kind of the point I was making a second ago, is that there was there was no real expectations to be had. There was no information about the game out there. So everyone kind of made their... was? You could pee. <laughs> okay, yes, you could pee. <laughs> the one... Like, you could do that in Duke Nukem in the 90s. Woo-hoo. But, like, that was just, like, one feature. The fact that you were Norman Reedus and that you had a baby thing strapped to you. But, like, as far as, like, the actual game itself, like, gameplay and gameplay features and all that kind of stuff, that was all hidden. Like, so people kind of made their own theories and stuck to them as if they were facts. And so when some people inevitably got the game and found out that what they had theorized wasn't right, then they got mad. Like, that's pretty much how it went down, I would, at least I would assume. Some people probably got it right, and some people didn't. Yeah, that makes Mm -hmm. sense to me. All right, so our fourth game is Secure Shadows Die Twice. The only thing I know of this game is someone did a mod where they changed like one of the people to Shrek <laughs> and Shrek was in the game and killing you. I remember that over. mod. Uh, cause I remember just the video. Uh, Shane, did you, did you ever play Sekiro? No, I did not. See, I, I did play Sekiro and I, I'm also a pretty big fan of the souls genre. And given that this is the developer that created the souls games from software, it was. It still had that DNA to it, but it's still also a very different game. Like, oh, what were you saying? Oh, I, I was gonna say like this kind of like re like the game also like re sparked the whole conversation about uh, easy and hard. It did. From Software kind of has the tendency to do that with their games. Like, Dark Souls was the first, obviously, and it kind of carried through that series. Also, when Bloodborne came out, like that PS4 exclusive, it kind of reignited it again, but it died down since it's been a minute since those games came out but now that Sekiro came out it relit it again like it's kind of a, a trend that this developer has because they don't like having the option to choose a difficulty setting it's kind of this is the game and get good right so what do we think about this one do we really think Sekiro is game of the year material I think it's definitely worth a nomination I uh, I wouldn't give it the award though I'm- I think it's it's definitely worth a nomination like it's worth the honorable mention like it was a good game but compared to 
the last two games on this list, right? I don't think it should win. It's going to be uh, like there's no way that these next two games, like one of those, should not win, unless like fanboys are like are just like coming out on and like voting. Granted, I came on here and I voted for this next game. I mean, the fanboys would probably come for the next game more than any of them. Right. So Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, published by N- Nintendo, uh, this was the biggest Smash game of all time. Hands down, literally, <laughs> hands down. It had the entire roster from every game ever, plus DLC fighters. Just didn't it have also every stage from every game ever. Yeah, I think it did. Just about, and and you can have customs, and, you and got there's the fighters. Mm-hmm. And extra DLC fighters as well. They're uh, they're now doing an, another five DLC fighters on top. They confirmed of this. five more. Yes, oh, there's another pack. That. I knew they were doing a second pack. I didn't know if they were still doing five. Hashtag I think it's five to set to smash. All right. Well, if I'm wrong about this, uh, I mean that would make less that makes sense. on our Facebook page at the Gamers Pub and say, Brandon, you're a dingus. There's <laughs> not five more. Yeah, dingus. <laughs> that would be very generous of uh, Nintendo because they were. I think yeah, it is five more though. Well, I, did have to I mean, it would make yeah. sense, you know, if if they're gonna charge that same amount of money. I mean, I'm sure they haven't, at least they haven't announced that far. Like, I I feel like Sekiro announced that there's five more. I still just remember when they announced that more were coming. I never saw anything saying that there was going to be five more. But also, I don't follow this game very closely. Okay. So if there was anything announced since the last uh, stream with the when who was the last one they announced from. The Genesis, wasn't it? I can't. Uh, Ken? No, Terry. Uh, Terry. Yeah. Terry Bro. Like, when they announced him and showcased a little bit of him uh, in game, was the last piece of Smash Bros. news that I saw. Right. So, if and there's been was, anything since, I'm unaware. That was November. Yeah. A really? month ago, they announced yeah. Terry. And that's when they also said, hey, we're also going to bring you more DLC. This isn't it. We're going to bring you a second fi- uh, Fighters pack. Is. Oh, never mind. So. That, uh, like, does Smash Bros. Ultimate honestly deserve Game of the, the Year? Has it delivered the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields? <laughs> I mean, it's, at least out of the list, I I might give it give it the award, mainly just because of the series that it's living up to, and it did a really good job of meeting that criteria. I wouldn't say it went extremely beyond but it definitely lives up at least on par to most of the past games and i think graphically though like this like it it matches where it should be for its art style yeah like different art styles warrant different graphic looks and like it doesn't always have to look super realistic or like say but it's very polished still yeah it still looks and runs really smooth for what it is and like, have you ever looked at the like still frame shots of the characters like in game and the amount of detail mm-hmm. that went into these characters to make sure that they match exactly the games that, that they came from? Yeah, like if you zoom in and like photo modes in this game, it's it's wild. Like Sek- like yeah, Sakurai definitely poured himself into this game. Like this is him in all honesty. Like the dude is just chugging along with this game and I feel like they are making use of new technology in this the fact that, that you can play with like 
people with their online tournaments. Like, there's a lot more to this game than there ever has been in Super Smash Bros. Like, even the um, uh, story world mode. Yeah, World of Light. World of Light, yeah. Like, that right there is also, like, another big piece that wasn't there before. Yeah. And they also brought back a lot of, like, the old, like, a lot of the smaller, like, side things, too. Like, they're like, all right, hey, here's your um, home run bag contest <laughs> yeah. uh, that we took out. Like, it's back. I was very happy to see that well, return. They didn't charge you for that, did they? No. Okay, good. <laughs> like, they've they've been very generous with the updates uh and just the game itself, like they, like, like this is a love letter to all fans. And even a point too that I had seen, like looking at other companies, they charge comparatively tons of money for microtransactions and skins and all that, like a couple dollars up to ten dollars sometimes. But I had seen for Smash Bros. Ultimate that this newest pack of Me Fighter costumes or pieces were like seventy five cents a piece. Yeah. Like that that's amazing compared to so many other games out there right now. Like it's not about the money because I just they know people are gonna buy it. Yeah. Because they can buy it. Because mm-hmm. it's affordable. Mm-hmm. It's really just it, it makes more sense, you know. You make it cheaper, more people will get it. You make it more expensive, less people will get it. Right. So the reason why this game's on the list because it, it did come out in December twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, you right. You right. Uh, no, no cool. Just it came out t- like yesterday. That is that is false, sir. <laughs> yes, uh, so it missed the the game award de- uh, deadline for nominations last year, so it got moved over to this year, which I'm very excited is being recognized for the game that it is, uh, because it probably wouldn't have won last year against God of War. No, it would not have. But this year, definitely, like it's the right timing for the the, the awards, and I'm pretty sure that. Uh, Breath of the Wild won in 2017. It did. So if Nintendo pulls out another win in 2019, like that to me feels awesome uh, for Nintendo. Like they're, they are going in a new direction and you can see it. Uh, do we remember what won in 2016? Not off the top of my head. Because if Smash Bros. wins this year, that would, if, the, if Breath of the Wild was the only one, this will be the third year in a row where a console exclusive was a game of the year. Like, say, Breath of the Wild was a Nintendo exclusive, and God of War is a PlayStation exclusive. If Smash Bros. wins again, then it's another Nintendo exclusive. Overwatch won game of the year in 2016. That deserves it. That was a great game in 2016. Until this year. (laughs) And then the year before that was The Witcher. Witcher's already that old? 2015. Yeah. Dang. Doesn't seem like it's that old, does it? Alright. So, our last game of the the nominees for Game of the Year, because we need to kind of start moving our way through these. Uh, The Outer Worlds by Obsidian. And Obsidian was purchased by Microsoft Xbox. They were, weren't they? They were. They picked up by Xbox uh, Studios. But aren't aren't they still technically published through... The uh, private division in Take Two, not necessarily Microsoft Studios. Maybe, um, but that's because they're finishing out all previous, uh, not contracts, but like commitments. Well, they're originally with Bethesda, weren't they? When they were making Fallout New Vegas and those games? I have no idea. 
because if they were working with that same license, you would think they'd be under the same publisher. That's true. And being with, I'm pretty sure Private Division picked them up, like as far as publishing rights. Microsoft, I think, might have bought them up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Microsoft had picked them up after this. Because I know they were working on a, Obsidian was working on a small indie style game after the Outer Worlds. It's like a, they said it was like a 12 person team or something like that. It was a very small team working on this like small game. And I think that might be Microsoft or at least like kind of testing the waters for that. But I'm not, I can't, not 100% certain on that. So we have the, the Outer Worlds, which it received like this, this is the real competition for this uh man, I'm blanking <laughs> the game of the year Ca- uh, category yes the game of the year the word was category and uh. I blanked on category rough okay so the outer worlds uh this is the competition graphically it's there mm-hmm. uh, not the most beautiful but still definitely beautiful. there uh it it, like no one asked for it. Well, we 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 complained about everything else, and they're like, "Let's give you what you want, what you really really want." And it's a game with story and a good storyline. Well, the cry for the type of game had been there, right? But necessarily coming from this developer, wasn't nece- wasn't quite asked for it was like people had wanted a great fallout game or a good like bethesda style game for a long time i mean fallout 76 was like the nail in the coffin for at least from those specific developers right for those kind of games and obsidian kind of comes out of left field after being absent from these type of games for almost a decade and says hey here's a new ip and it's kind of the same style of game but it's it's our version of the game try it out and it was really good. Like I, I'd probably say it was my game of the year personally. Like I had, I went completely through it. I haven't gotten all the achievements. Probably the only thing I'm missing for it. But I did finish a solid playthrough, and did my best to keep everyone alive. <laughs> uh, I just started it, but I'm pretty taken like with the depth of the game just starting out. It has like the like it. it I definitely need to pick this up for my Switch when it comes out. Mm-hmm. I originally wanted to wait for Switch for it to come out, but after all, qu- uh, quarter one, twenty twenty. Okay, so that's that's still relatively close. Probably about a month or two. Like I had, I started seeing a lot of good things about the game, and I had I had been itching for a while to have another, like Skyrim Fallout style of game, like that Bethesda kind of thing, and since Obsidian was already well adversed in that kind of game with New Vegas. I, I thought I'd give it a shot, and I ended up really enjoying it. Uh, Shane, did you ever get your hands on that, or did you ever play any of those old uh, Bethesda games? No, they were never really my thing. I, I, I would watch my roommate play in college, and it just seemed way too uh, way too much to keep track of for me. Um, but it may be different if I played it. It may feel differently, but they never really seemed like my kind of game. I would agree with those sentiments, at least like early on, when I would watch... Uh, friends play it or I would go online and see like mod videos or something I kind of thought the same thing like this is so much to keep track of but when you really get into those games and you like 
have your character build, it's almost like a thing of D&D, where it's not like you're focusing on every single category of everything all the time. It's kind of just, you build a character to say, be a warrior, or to be a mage, or a necromancer, or a uh, a giant shield guy, like whatever kind of thing. And you focus on the, the stats and items that help with that specific thing. Everything else you can kind of just toss to the wayside. That makes sense. Because I guess the way I would play a game, like when I played Infamous, I would, you know, you always have, you in Infamous, you can either go be a good guy or be a get, bad guy. Yeah, like on the choices you make. Just a binary path. So I would always do a playthrough of good, do a playthrough of bad, and like I'm, I felt constrained to follow that. So I would always, when watching the Fallout games or Oblivion or um, I guess, what's that? Elder Scrolls games. Skyrim. Skyrim. Um, my brain would automatically want me to follow each branching path, which is way too much for anyone to do. Yeah, so it's a bit why, overwhelming. It's overwhelming to my to my kind of style, I guess. Yeah, I, I totally get that. It's kind of one of those you just like sit there and it's like, just let, let's just see where this goes. And if you did if you didn't like where it went, you could just back up to the autosave. Good point. So much time lost. So the Outer Worlds and Super Smash Brothers, like those are those in my opinion are like two major contenders. At least a popular opinion. I would also throw Sekiro and Resident Evil Two as possible winners. I not not my personal not my personal winners, but I think between those four, there's going to be some <sighs> stiff competition. I mean, and I could see Death Stranding. I. That game seems a bit not that it's bad, but it seems too divisive to be considered game of the year. So. Right, but like if you look at it from an art perspective, like there's a lot of depth to Death Stranding that, like, like I think Kojima even complained like players just don't get it. Like they they don't get what he was even trying to to do. Well, and they, like they they missed like a lot of players like missed it. Well, at that point, it's just subjective. That's true. Like, but also due to the fact that th- this does kind of just boil down to a popularity contest, whether it's, I mean, it's partially from public vote, but also comes from like voting committees and of like publication outlets, like all around the world that throw in their two cents on it all. And I would still say compared to how all these games were reviewed by critics and public alike, those four games, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds are all in a pretty good contending, whereas scores for Control and Death Stranding across the board of both spectrums are very mixed in comparison. See, I think for me, game of, a, game, a game of the year should be the game you remember that year by. So like with 2017... I'll always know that's Breath of the Wild because it was such a huge impact. I'll, it, it was just the game of the year. So last year was God of, God of War. It was something different. It was something new. So I think for me, it's probably not going to win, but I think for me it'll have to be Death Stranding because it's just so different and unique compared to the other games. I guess if you look at it that way. Well, I think if you do look at, at it that way, then it's going to be the uh, the Outer Worlds. Well, no, because it still follows a very fam- familiar template with the Fallout games and the it that does, kind of but like, style of RPGs. It was the game that that 
kind of like saved 2019 because like I guess from a bus standpoint because like it, it, it was the game that people needed wanted like cried out for and it was de- delivered but like so much more to it like it it was just so like it was just just that good like when you look at the reviews like the scores were all very high like it like it got scored so well across the board like it it is a game that I think people will look back like, like look back and say hey 2019 we got like one of the greatest games and that was the Outer Worlds and everyone loved it one thing specifically about the game is that compared to a lot of its counterparts within the past few years it was actually shipped finished and polished like there were very few if any bugs i honestly never encountered any bugs i had a few like animation glitches here and there when i would like try to break the game or do funny things but like if you just followed the game normally and kind of just played through how it was meant to be played there were no like glitch quests there were no bugged npcs or anything that i came across and not that i ever really heard of either so it was a very refined and polished game that is unlike many in the AAA landscape these days. That is definitely something it has running for it. That is honestly something that all of these games have running for it, besides Control. Control, I heard, was very rough at launch on a technical standpoint. Alright, so I'm going to go ahead and move us on to the... uh, We're going to try and rush through these next couple of categories. And the reason why is because Nintendo has a lot of games in it this year. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely bumped up their first party uh, releases this year. For action game, you have Apex Legends by Respawn, EA, uh, Astral Chain by Platinum Games, Nintendo, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Infinity Ward, Activision, Devil May Cry 5, Capcom, Gears 5, uh, The Coalition, Xbox Game Studios, Metro Exodus. Personally, I... I have Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus downloaded and waiting to play. Uh, I've played a little bit of Apex, and I don't feel like it's that awesome. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I don't want it to win an award because we need something different from Call of Duty. Activision, bad. Yeah. Um, Well, to be fair, Activision also published Sekiro, so... So you really liked Astral Chains though, this did, year. I did. Like, so like Park is like, I'm gonna try and like sound not biased, but like totally being biased. Uh, that was Astral- a game a lot of people were upset was not nominated for Game of the Year. So many people were mad that it was just for Nintendo and not PlayStation. Like that game, like the game was so different. Like just like the gameplay, the concept, the like new IP, like and that's why like out of all of these games this is the only new ip besides apex legends grand that's based off of what titanfall like of the world of titanfall no no well, it's made by the same developers but i don't think it was quote unquote the same, in the same world game. like it's in the same world was as it? titanfall it could be but it, it might be i didn't play a lot of titanfall okay um but like astro chain was just completely new different i idea mixture of genres graphically beautiful for its style so i i am very leaning to i i don't get sucked into games very easily and astral chain was one of them that like i didn't want to put down Hmm. well at least also in the the actual the game of the year award still 
There were a couple of uh, fresh IPs in there. That's also that was, true. Like the Outer Worlds was a brand new IP. Death Stranding. Sekiro. So. Like, and uh, Control wasn't. A Death Stranding, Sekiro, Control and the Outer Worlds. No, it was a sequel. To what? Uh, crap. I know it's a sequel. The Control is the, the sequel I know to Abandoned. <laughs> lost. Let go. I want to um, say I want to say it was like Quantum Break. I think that's what it was. Um, the studio was Remedy. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to pull up Wikipedia. So I would love for Astral Chain to win an award. And yes, I just just want to be recognized. Like it was, it was just such a great game, and I feel like everything else is like we've had that. Um, Apex is basically another version of like it's it's another uh, it, battle it, royale game. It's EA's Fortnite. Um, Devil May Cry. There's not much new to that series. I may be wrong. Gears Five. It's like the other game. Like they're just not new. Like there, there's nothing exciting about it. The way that you fight and combat in Natural Chain is very different, very unique, and a lot of fun. Um, well, given the category and the games that are in there, I would say Metro Exodus and Modern Warfare do not need to be in there. Gears doesn't need to be in there either, but. Devil May Cry 5 and Astral Chain are, I would say, great recommendations for this. You did make a point that Astral Chain has the leg up of being a new IP, but also with Devil May Cry being... It's technically, like, the seventh game made under that license because they, like, tried to reboot the series before, hmm. and they kind of just went back to this old storyline and kept it going. But it's still a very solid action game. Like... From the bits that I've played, gameplay I've seen, and reviews I've uh, heard and seen, it uh, it still was a very well-crafted game. It's probably, out of all those, it would take mine, but I'm sure uh, Astral Chain would take yours. What about you, Shane? Out of that list, what would you probably give that award? I think it would have to go to Astral Chain. I haven't played any of those games, I don't think. I played Apex Legends. I don't really like Battle Royale because I'm terrible at them. But uh, Astral Chain immediately jumped out at release and, you know, when they were teasing it. It's a game that I've wanted to play for a while. Um, and just from seeing how different it looks and how different it feels, it stands out among the group to me. Hmm. It's a game I still need to try, honestly. You do, and you can always borrow it. Noted. Uh, then you got action adventure game with Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I love the fact that The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening is on here. I'm not sure it's up there to win. Um, I don't know about the puzzles in Resident Evil 2 and Death Stranding or how much of a puzzle solving there is to it. Um, well, given the category of being action adventure, I wouldn't really hold that in a regard for that kind of award. But action adventure, like you think, like Zelda games are action adventure games. Like they're they've been like Breath of the Wild was kind of like a a good defining like this is what an action adventure game is is Breath of the Wild. Mm. 
Breath of the Wild, yeah, I'd probably say so. Um, but Ze- like Zelda's known for its dungeons and its puzzles. Um, but I I don't know how much it is of puzzle solving is in like Borderlands Three or Resident Evil Two. Borderlands so Three more like shoot 'em ups and Borderlands in general, like as a series, was basically the predecessor to Destiny. They are they're looter shooters. Yep. Like you've the the game's all about getting guns, getting cool guns, and getting better guns. Right. Yep. So action definitely adventure. Sure, probably more of just like funny moments with friends, but uh, I don't know. Out of this list, personally, I would give it to Sekiro as a very action based game. I can see that Death Stranding, at least from what I hear about it, I would not put it in that category because it seems more of a laid back almost like it's a very methodical and strategized and planned out thing as opposed to something action and adventure that's constantly moving and fast paced and yada yada see I would say a little different Um, I think the adventure part of it is seeing the whole world that they've built um, you know journeying like they say across America I don't know how big the map actually is but going on that adventure visiting all these remote worlds then the action part is when the um the monsters i think they're called bts they just all of a sudden spring up on you and you have to figure out how to get past them or defeat them and it's like you said it's methodical to plan your you know your your whatever mission by mission to go to the one delivery point but along the way anything can happen and you have to think on your feet and um react in a in an active way and you know figure things out without planning well you could still plan like if you know ahead of time like this route you're more than likely going to run into those bt creatures rather than human enemies or this route you might not run into anything at all and you could plan ahead of time accordingly for the different enemy types or the lack of enemy types so you could possibly be lighter and not have to bring weaponry or you could take a car one way or you could just load up on a ton of weapons and go in expecting to fight like it's still something you could plan out ahead of time to an to an extent there is probably still that degree of uh, uncertainty like it could probably tell you at certain checkpoints or like certain regions in the map but i, w- I would still lean towards more the idea that it 98 of the game could be planned out probably true i don't know yet i haven't played it i, I haven't either it's <laughs> it's all just purely off of what i've the information i've gathered not yeah. from personal experience yeah all right, so skipping down a few uh, c- c- categories, I want to point out that the family genre for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform, uh, all nominations are Nintendo games. <laughs> Shocker. Because uh, no one else is making them. Uh, but you got Luigi's Mansion 3, Ring Fit Adventure, Super Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Yoshi's Crafted World. Those are all excellent games. Funny enough, a Mario character is on the cover for three of them. That is also true. <laughs> Actually, four of them te- technically. Well, if you yeah, count I Yoshi, guess. You, yeah. Was Yo- was Yoshi's first ever appearance in a Mario game or in a Yoshi game? I want. I thought. I thought it was like Yoshi's Island. No, it was in uh, Su- uh, uh, Super Mario, Mario Brothers Two, right? I think so. So he's originally a Mario character that eventually got his own game. Yeah. So yeah, then that's four four out of the five games 
are Mario characters. Right. On the cover. And then Ring Fit Adventure, I feel like that to me is like one of the weird ones because it's an exercise game. However, uh, over uh, back in October when Ring Fit came out, I was at my in-laws house and we were all playing the mini games and competing for the highest scores. So it actually was bringing the family together and we were all laughing and just ha- having fun. Well, it's like the the new and updated version of Wii Fit, like yeah, but like Wii Fit's not a family game. But it was still something that brought the family, quote unquote, together, like <sighs> more so than say Call of Duty would. No, I I'm sorry, I I have to disagree with you. Well, being like a, an exercise game of the sort, it would still be something fun and easy for generations of all age to kind of pick up and like. But play it wasn't with. a game. It, 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 like, we, 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 it's like, not a family game. Or say, like, we sports or we play. Like, it still kind of fit in that same kind of just a bunch of mini games that wasn't like a, a massive game otherwise. And it was kind of just these little things you could do with friends and family and like high score compare, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on that. Because I, I, I don't think that Wii Fit can be compared to Ring Fit. Eh. Oh, well. It's, it's not. Uh, I do want to go down to the fresh indie game uh, just because I've, I've played a good amount of them. That in uh, Untitled Goose Game is a nomination for fresh indie game. Uh, Slayed the Spire, Outer Wilds, My Friend Pedro, Grease. And Disco Elysium. I've played Greece. That was really good. We jumped into my friend Pedro tonight before we recorded. Uh, and I have played... I was surprised by that game, actually. It was a lot of fun. It was difficult. It, it definitely had a difficulty to it to mastering the controls. Controls are definitely something to get used to. It honestly started to feel a lot like Dead Cells. Like, I've I've gotten into back into that game recently. But... No, Dead that- Cells, like... When you die, though, like, you start from the very beginning, and my friend Pedro... Well, there's still... has, like, forward progression. Well, so, but, like, as far as a gameplay is concerned, like, it's still sort of that roguelike, dungeon-esque of a level, where you're progressing through different areas of it. There's enemies at certain points that, like, you're not always sure of exactly what they're going to be, but you have the general idea of what they are, like, per area. Um, so I think we're going to call it on the Game Awards because we're going to move on to other topics. Um, but there's a lot more games. I think it's cool that Tetris 99 is nominated for a, a game. Um, a lot of good indie games. Uh, on like, There's a lot of really cool things going on. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is nominated for a couple... Um, their score is nominated, and Kingdom Hearts has a great scores. Uh, me, me and Shane, ever since we were little kids, have been diehard Kingdom Hearts fans. So, any kind of mention we can see on there, like we're we're more than happy with. We we could probably still both agree on the fact that it doesn't deserve Game of the Year itself, but certain aspects of it definitely still deserve to be recognized. Yes, I agree. All right, so that is it for the Game Awards. Uh, well, kind of. At least so, for our own coverage on the podcast. <laughs> yes. 
So apparently, um, it has been announced that there are 10 unannounced games uh, that are going to, to be announced at the Game Awards next Thursday. It started to become more and more of a trend with the Game Awards since it's gotten so big over the past few years that it's almost like a second E3 where they use this award show as a platform to announce and promote new games just because they know a lot of eyes are going to be on it. Right. And they've announced some pretty big games, not necessarily amazing games in the past, but still games that were definitely noteworthy and were eye-popping and they were it's it's still a chance like you never know what you're gonna get it wasn't um outer world announced last year at game awards i i don't think so i think it was i think that was e3 okay they announced dauntless at the game of the year awards they announced the uh oh what was it it was the it was the same developers as art uh survival but they were making like another like pirate game like like Sea of Thieves, but it wasn't Sea of Thieves. Oh, it was. Atlas. That's what it was. Oh. Atlas is the game or the developer? The game. I don't know if I've heard of that. It was announced last year and it came out like right after it. It was one of those, it's like play in just a few days kind of thing. And it was, it was a technical mess. <laughs> like graphically, it looked good. But that's about all I had really going for it. There was even a point... It was made by the same developers as Ark uh, World Survival, whatever you want to call it. But uh, they had the menu of that game pop up in the menu for this game. Like, it turns out that Atlas was really just an expansion to that game that they decided to rename and kind of put on the water and sell it as its own game. Oh, okay. Outer Worlds was announced at the Game Awards. Last year? It's, I, Last year. Huh. It's like, a newly announced game. I guess it came out a lot faster than I thought it did from so its initial announcement. was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which was the biggest letdown of 2019. Oh, I would, I would not go that far, okay. Chief. <laughs> I would not go that far. <laughs> One of the biggest letdowns on the Switch. Okay, that, that sounds better. Okay. <laughs> um, we had some real dingers this year. So here's the I I want to play a game about uh, the ten unannounced games coming to the Game Awards next Thursday that we're gonna see, but I want only wrong answers. So games that we would like to see or that we think would be funny to see. Uh, yes. So you are 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 going to be saying the ten games coming uh to the that are going to be announced next week, but just wrong answers. All right. So not like legitimate, yeah. like, it's just like, I have a wish list of games I, I want to see, but I also realize that I'm looking more for like a Nintendo Direct. Okay. I got, I got one game on there that no is not going to be there. I'm pretty sure e- everyone that's been following games for the past 20 years would agree with me is on that list. Okay. Half-Life 3. <laughs> <laughs> not this Half-Life Alex VR, but Half-Life 3. <laughs> Half-Life 3, The Game Wars, 2019. <laughs> you heard it here first. 15 years in the making. <laughs> Star Fox 3. You got what, Shane? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really threes. Three. Or just like sequels. GameStop after 2. GameStop 2? Oh. <laughs> Spider-Man 4. The... Based off of Spider-Man 4, the movie. Oh. That never <laughs> that never came out. 
I saw a, a video about a developmental version of the game that, that they were working on that game. Right. Before the movie got cut. Right. Huh. Yeah. The games were always pretty drastically different than the movies. Like, even though yeah. they were still licensed to it. Like, it, it followed a air quote general storyline. But as far as, like, filling out a full game, they had, like, a bunch of different villains and random storylines yeah. and stuff. So, like, yeah. Yeah, like, Mysterio was in Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And, like... He's not in that movie. Like they just put him in there. All right, uh, Pokemon Sling. Sling. Yeah, you got Sword, Shield, and Sling. <laughs> <laughs> Wondrous. Uh, do, do, do. Fallout seventy seven. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, There's so many things wrong with that. Elder Scrolls Shield Shields. I wonder, sort of blades. I, even though it's already announced, I wonder if we'll hear anything about Elder Scrolls Six. Bethesda's kind of had the thing of saying like, "Don't bother us about this game until next console generation." But still, like maybe some kind of update. Like they they need some kind of goodwill from gamers and the public in general. Back they when did Skyrim come out? Gosh, Skyrim 14? was no like twenty twelve. Really? I want to say like it is. Yeah, I guess I was watching. My it friends is old. In college, so. 2011. Even older. Jeez. That game's almost a decade old. That's and the last... And keep remaking it. Skyrim, remade for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Scarlet. Also made for your Samsung smart fridge. It's coming to Stadia. <laughs> Skyrim, coming to your mobile device. Skyrim, the board game. I, I'm 100% certain that exists already. <laughs> I really wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and we're going to check real quick. Skyrim board game. Not officially. Uh, well, like probably themed games of like Elder themes. Scrolls. Not Maybe not specifically Skyrim. There's there there's themes. Okay. Anyways, uh, anyway. Con- continue the list. Uh, what a... F- did you- Super Dude. Mario Sunshine 2. Ooh. How about Call of Duty Ancient Warfare? Ooh. <laughs> That'd be fun. It was like Ooh. For Honor, I guess. Um, that would be awesome if those developers got to make a game where they weren't using guns. Actually, a slow-paced uh, military game where you gotta, you know, you have a bow, so you have to shoot it and then like re, you know, re, re, re knock your arrow and like you got one shot and you gotta. I don't know. Be very methodical. That'd be vastly different to a college. You, you want to talk about quick scoping? <laughs> yeah. What about like Assassin's Creed down under? It takes place in Australia. Dang. You'd would it still be like? Would it still be like old Australia, like or in the woods, or it'd be like in modern times? Imagine old, both. Like it, it, it'd be like the flashback stuff again. Imagine if they stuck to that though. Like that's why I love the original Assassin's Creed is because there was the dichotomy of. The modern times and the ancient times. Like, you got to see a little bit of both, and the story kind of played out in both. But ultimately, you were working towards the modern time story. Uh-huh. And if they would have fallen through with that, and you could be like the assassin of the old days in the modern day age, like cities and stuff, that really could have been something. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else in this list? 
I'm being put on the spot. It's hard to think of a good game title. Well, I try to send you the rundown. <laughs> well, yeah, but we share the same phone, and yet you you didn't send different you. phone services though. We use different messaging apps. How we about? No, this is a wishlist game, everyone. Okay, all right. So let's turn to what games do you want to be announced? That, uh, you're dying for an uh, announcement that needs to happen. Because I, 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 I can start just like naming games off. <laughs> Pikmin 4. Yes. I need a uh, Pikmin game. I've never played, gotten to play a Pikmin game. Ah, oh, you need to borrow my GameCube. Okay. And Pikmin. It is hard. Yeah. It's such a, like, a like a colorful kid looking game and I killed all of my Pikmin and died on like day 13 <laughs> it is it was like okay I totally underestimated this game but I would love for, for uh, Pikmin 4 uh, man I had another one <laughs> this is the problem of drinking beer and doing a podcast I can't even really think of any like games that would be oh. at, like a wish list. It's more of just I want to see games that have already been announced. Like I want to hear more information about them. Okay. So I almost say one that I want Super Mario Strikers Two. That would actually Ooh. be really good, dude. I game of the year. The uh, Super Mario Kart or yeah, Mario Kart Nine. Yeah, I would say we need. It's a, we're really for due for a new Mario Kart. Oh really? I would think it's real close to the last one. Well, the last one came out on the Wii U. Like it is Mario Kart Eight is old. Oh, it was it was redone for the Switch. Uh, okay, so they can make a really nice Switch, true Switch version. Yeah, true Switch. like built for yeah. the Switch, not ported to the Switch. Yeah. I'd like to see the next uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game announced. That that would be awesome. That'd be cool. I don't know if it's quite due, like if they could make it that fast. They're, I think they could. The engine is solid. They were already, they were like showing off the PS5 with the engine from PS4 Spider-Man. Which is also why I'm thinking if like the PS5 dev kit could run it so easily, I'm sure they'd probably rather spend another year or so working with the PS5 dev kit and have this game come out for the PS5 rather than still the year right before the new generation. I can see that. All right, what else? What games do we want to see come? You know what I don't want to see? What what's that? Madden. And say, what are you what see. are you going to see though? Madden. Yep. I was going to say no. I want to see the next oh, NCAA game. Yes, because they finally got that cleared up and I've seen like rumors uh-huh. of the NCAA coming back. Uh that would be fantastic. Yes. Cuz uh-huh. they they recently passed I think the whole NCAA passed um, a rule change to the where at least in a few years players can make money off of their likeness um, rather than before you couldn't make any money off of appearing in games or even your own YouTube channel you couldn't make money so they're making that change now hopefully that means an NCAA game is in the works coming down the pipeline that'd be awesome I'm still just skeptical of any EA sports game anymore with how they've gone and screwed up their monetization in all these games. I mean, I'm I'm just sick and tired of it because of what they did to FIFA on the Switch. Or just the FIFA game in general. Like, yeah, the, the Switch probably got the worst of it all. But the game in general, even other consoles and platforms, is just a disgrace as far as, like, calling itself a new game. 
Yeah, that's kind of how the Madden games, even the NCAA games, as they went, was kind of, you know, an engine tweak here and there, and then just changing the skins and rosters. But Air I quote think, change. Right. But I think now, since the last NCAA game was 2014, I believe, the next one, the newest one, probably won't be 2020. It'd probably have to be a few years later. But if they can announce it, that'd be, that'd be cool. Um, we can say that Resident Evil 3 will not make it an appearance at the, at the Game Awards. Are we sure? Uh, Keeley said Resident Evil 3 is not one of the announcements. And he's like, none of the games that are going to be announced have even been talked about yet. Interesting. Because that was one of the games that had been rumored the most, at least as of late. Nothing about our show has leaked as of this writing. And when was this written? Uh, a day. Day ago? Within the last 24 hours. Well, all right then. Um, yeah. It was on a... Yeah, it was on a, a Reddit AMA that he did for the Game Awards. So... I don't know, I'm super stoked. I'm always excited to like see new things. Um, last year, the big thing was the Epic Game Store. So we saw a lot of announcements for the Epic Game Store. This year, we have Stadia. So we're going to see games from 2010 like, making its way to Stadia. Uh, <laughs> out, the, out, 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 the Outer Worlds coming to Stadia. Uh, everything coming to Stadia. Everyone's here. Stadia. I don't know. Stadia uh, really hasn't gotten that much mainstream attention with how bad it's been doing, honestly. Like, nobody really knows what it is except for people like us that are making gaming podcasts or, uh, whatchamacallit, like, hardcore gamers or whatever. Like, like mainstream audiences have no idea what Stadia is. Uh, maybe. All right, guys. Uh, we have passed the hour marker. It is time to bring this into wraps. Here's a couple of news things I just want to mention. Nintendo Switch is launching in China for the first time. Uh, there's already been strong uh, pre-orders. Um, so I am. Sh- uh, it's coming in with a new bundle with uh, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Uh, and then a lot... Uh, Tencent is working with uh, developers in China to get games on the Switch. And other developers are trying to get their games approved for China um, and on the Switch as well. So this opens up a huge market for Nintendo, um, which I'm super excited for because like the, the more the Switch sells, the more games are going to come to Switch. Um, Google hires Assassin's Creed developers to develop for Stadia. Um, so just like last week we talked about uh, Guilt um, and how Stadia is tr- beginning to develop their own or buy their or develop their own studio to create a- exclusives. So it'll be interesting just to see like one thing, like the, the last thing we need is another place for exclusive games. Like, yeah. In my opinion, like the last thing we need is, is another thing that we have to buy or do to get exclusive <laughs> games. Granted, Stadia is complete, completely in the cloud and next year you won't have to pay $10 a month to use it. Um, so it could be different, um, but Assassin's Creed developers, so I'm assuming it's going to be, be an action-adventure ad- game, uh, some sort of RPG. 
um, that they're trying to develop for Stadia. That, um, that kind of worries me, the Assassin's Creed developers uh, working for Stadia. The last Assassin's Creed game I played was um, Assassin's Creed 3. And all those games kind of have a clunky feel to them to me. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I guess I haven't played any recent ones. So maybe they're different now. They were. They also kind of followed that formula up until Origins. And when Origins came out and subsequently Odyssey, those were massive overhauls in comparison. Okay. Like, as opposed to just waiting in a circle of enemies just standing around you encountering one by one Mm -hmm. it turned into a stat based of almost dark souls as combat style okay well even outside of combat there's it always like i would see videos all over the place of you know models that don't render correctly and it's just eyes and a mouth or like it's just doesn't seem very polished or well put together games but that's only up to Assassin's Creed 3 so maybe it's been better in recent years well the I remember that specific instance you were talking about where the that face model was just like eyes and a mouth and that was that was Assassin's Creed Unity which uh, was relatively one of the newer ones but still it was yeah like there was a period of time where these games were not very well built mm-hmm. um, Xbox rumors have uh, started again about a discless uh, Xbox Scarlet version, um, which will be cheaper than the normal Xbox Scarlet that is set to launch next holiday season. So that could be inter- interesting. Like we know that the Xbox One S came out, that was discless, uh, completely digital 4K video, not 4K gaming. So this is kind of like a step up. Um, so that'll be, yeah, interesting to see. And we also know that xCloud is currently running off of the Xbox One S consoles. So to have a, a discless Xbox uh, Scarlet makes sense as well. And then PlayStation turned 25 this year, guys. Uh, Interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. 25 <laughs> years of PlayStation. I Dang. had an original PlayStation. Same. Mine's actually right there. Yeah, it was a weird day when it when we brought it home. I think I, my parents got it for Christmas or something. And to think that if Sony and Nintendo had played nice, we wouldn't have the PlayStation. This yeah. is true. This is true. Nintendo just wanted to use discs. Cartridges. Nintendo used cartridges. Yeah, they didn't want to use disc. Right, if Nintendo had wanted to use disc, we wouldn't have a PlayStation. Right. Right. So thank you, Nintendo, and your copyright concerns. <laughs> Alright, uh, Cole, you have anything else to add? I think that... that well, no, we didn't cover our suds. Again, we almost missed it. Again. Because <laughs> I'd rather talk video games. Game more I mean, we are the gamers pub. It's just kind of assumed, like, we're doing... We're, we are consuming some sort of beverage. Whether it be soda, uh... White Claws. <laughs> no, that... I, I refuse White Claws. Whiskey. <laughs> Beer, wine. But still, it's orange juice. It, it's part of our origin of the podcast. It's always something that we should. All right, we Cole, put in you there. just want to talk about what you drink tonight, thanks to Shane. I mean, <laughs> so, I was genuinely surprised by this beer. Thank you very much, Cole. Just, just tell them what you you, you had. So it had this beer I had never heard of. Honestly, it was this, it was this Hemperer HPA New Belgian beer. It was derived from hemp 
and surprisingly, it still tasted really well. It tasted really good. It had a very kind of weedy taste to it. Like most Belgian beers I'm used to drinking, like say, like a, a Shock Top or a Blue Moon or what have you. Like it all kind of has that like liquid bread taste to it. And this had kind of the same. And honestly, like the more I kept drinking it, like it, unlike most beers, it got better like the more I kept drinking. And I I thoroughly enjoyed it, isn't that? I believe that's also what you had, Shane. Uh, what are your thoughts on that beer? I did have uh, one of those beers. Um, I really like it. I like. I don't normally like IPA, and this is an HPA, which is I guess a branch off of that, using hemp. But um, I've I've liked it. It really jumped out to me at first. Um, then I moved on to a Second Self Atlanta Ale. Um, Second Self is an Atlanta brewery. And I got this Atlanta Ale um, in support of the Georgia Tech football team, you know, really embracing the Atlanta um, identity that it has, thinking I'd get some good mojo during the season. <laughs> um, and it, it, it really backfired. Um, <laughs> I don't think it worked at all. But this beer is pretty good. It's a, So a second self, um, it's Atlanta Ale. It was pretty good. Nice. Wait, what about what about you, Brandon? Uh, so I had... I'm back on that yeehaw. I was ready for it this week. <laughs> that yeehaw. Sounds like a donkey. Uh, yeehaw IPA uh, based on uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. I, I, I like my yeehaws. I was about going to have a dunkle. <laughs> again, I like my yeehaws. I like my yeehaws. Y'all, like, that is not that weird for me growing up, like, in farm country. Like, I, I, I just grew up around that, so just not around that. I was probably the one person that was saying yeehaw. I'm also the only person in my family that says, howdy, when I see someone. I often, I'm the only person in my family that says, howdy. I say that a lot nowadays. I like to say, I like to say howdy doody when I greet people these days. I'm weird. Well, I, I dropped the duty because I'm an adult, <laughs> but I drop the duty every day. Um. All right. On that note, it, it, uh, Yeehaw I, IPA is a good uh, West Coast style hop. Uh, IPA is is just yeah. I like that. It's really good. West Alrighty. Coast Yeehaw. West Coast Yeehaw. Can I get a West Coast Yeehaw? Yeehaw. Can I get an East Coast Yeehaw? Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is it for the Gamers Pub this week. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to uh, see you again. Yeah, thank you, Shane, for uh, coming on as our second guest speaker. Thanks for having me, guys. I had a lot of fun talking games and suds. Um, Thanks for including me. Out. See y'all.